If you're interested in sponsoring How You Play the Game, please email us at podcast at osipfoundation.org. Your sponsorship may be tax deductible. Please remember, these episodes are considered for mature audiences only. There is some language and some mature discussion. Hey everyone, welcome to How You Play the Game, the official podcast of the OSIP Foundation Incorporated. Yours truly, Jack Furlong, with you as we talk to you about what's going on as far as the world of sportsmanship is concerned. This is the third installment, the final installment of our three-part series on sportsmanship and the music business. We've talked about music education, we've talked about gigging, and now we're going to talk about the cultural aspect of music and sportsmanship in the music business. So you're going to hear a discussion on image versus quality. You're going to hear us talking about the exposition of the mature themes of some art with respect to minors. And then another good discussion is on separating the art from the artist. So we hope that you enjoy this final episode in our three-part series here. Once again, remember, you can check us out online at osipfoundation.org. Contact the show via email, podcast at osipfoundation.org, and our social media addresses, facebook.com slash osipfoundation, and Twitter and Instagram are both at osipfoundation, hashtag how you play the game. Please remember, as always, these episodes have a mature theme to them with some strong language. You know, we're, we're sort of transitioning, I guess, you know, talking about contracts and everything, we're going to the business end of it. Um, one of the, I guess we could talk in a general scope, one of the things that I found most surprising in the music business end of it, and Phil, I think we were listening to this podcast, I forget who it was, we were on our way to that restaurant in Pennsylvania with, uh, I yeah, recall. we were listening to a podcast, I forget who the musician was. Um, it was a British guy. I think he was a guitarist or something or a singer. And what were they talking about? They were talking about how where the United States is one of three countries. Oh, with the broad, uh, yeah. One of three countries that does not pay for radio plays for um, terrestrial radio. Terrestrial radio yeah. for um, SR licenses. Mm-hmm. So us. Iran and North Korea are the axis of evil right there. But but here's the thing, like, if you think about it, right, because there's the mentality of, well, we're doing it for the exposure. No. Right? We're not. We're not. We need to make a living, Right. right? So backup singers, technicians, engineers are not getting paid, and the artists singing the the songs are not getting paid for radio plays and this this goes back to like 19 when radio first was invented 1920s like this is insane it's ingrained in our society that we should be doing this for the exposure and we're one of three countries everywhere else i forget i'm i don't even remember enough details to make a real argument about but but I remember, like, at the time that radio kind of came along, it was sort of a different situation where it was, I think it was advantageous to the artist to, to do it, but obviously a lot has changed oh, yeah. since then, mm-hmm. so it's, yeah, it's a little different. You know what it's like? It's almost like um, 
Uh, where was I going with this? I had a thought and. Radio, radio plays. Radio play. Terrestrial oh radio. I ran. <laughs> what, what was my thought that I was just thinking about? Mm, access of Exposure. Evil. Oh, I remember what it is now. Okay, good. Good. Um, you know, with the with the you got a room there, select. With the advent of technology yes. to where it is now, um, you know, it used to be for the longest time that the good music, the musicians who were really worth their salt, you know, would would rise to the top. Okay, so record labels and record companies and whatnot who really controlled the business would you know, really be the ones responsible for getting the good musicians you know, the, the spins on the radio. And that, in turn, would, would drive the record sales and the gigs and, and all that stuff, okay? Mm -hmm. We now live in a society where anybody with a guitar, a computer, and an internet connection yep. can record whatever they want, making beats, upload it, <laughs> and sell it. And it has saturated our industry. And I'm not saying that that's not, a, that's not good or bad because I think that in some ways it's good because it gives guys like us the ability to yeah. get our albums out there. Oh, we can talk about you this know? for the next hour. But Feline Frequencies. Good. Soundspring Studio. Feline Frequencies. You got to pay for that. Plug. Soundspring Studio. <laughs> yeah. but anyway. hey, opportunity. Uh, okay. No, okay. Sorry. Jack Farlon Quartet. And Sean Goff is just there. I think part of the problem is the predominance of image. Yes. <laughs> of yep. what? Image. Used to be that even, yeah, of course, there was always stuff surrounding music that was important to be popular. But at this point, you don't even have to be good at music nope. if you have the image. And yep. that's look good? the yep. part that doesn't sit right with me. You yeah. know, because yep. like... Frank Sinatra was more than just a singer. He was a movie star. He was a mm -hmm. noted personality, whatever. Entertainer. But general, at the end yeah. of the day, he could sing, you yeah. know? And you yeah. could say that about Earth, Wind, and Fire, and like just name, go down the list of people who were great musicians, you know? Yeah. Uh, and we don't have that as a requirement anymore. And so that's what I don't like personally. It's, it's very much like I, I keep referencing this because I think it's the God's honest truth that one Family Guy episode. Where uh, the, the the family becomes a band and Meg is the front woman for it, <laughs> and and uh, the the record label guy who I think his name was Doctor Diddy as like a play on things <laughs> says no Meg is the front man front person and all we got to do is get this this girl half naked and and across America like that yep. and Peter Griffin goes wait a minute that's the smartest thing anyone has ever said about anything ever. <laughs> And it's the truth. Yeah. That, you know, it doesn't matter whether or not this group is any good. You can just auto-tune. Exactly. It's you know? more about the mm. fact that you've got uh, a teenage female, half-naked, you know, being exposed and exploited across America. And, right. listen, I'm not going to make a comment on all of our hormone systems working right now, but, you know, it's more about the idea that as musicians... This pains us. Yeah, exactly. As right. men, it's different. As musicians... I don't even want it as a man. Yeah, well, well, you're the outlier here, so <laughs> shut up. <laughs> 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 don't, 
because it's a why, cartoon. Why is dumb appealing? I don't get it. No, you're absolutely why right. Why is dumb appealing? No, you're absolutely doesn't right. Doesn't turn me on. And, and that's the thing is that you know these all of these things are are just unfortunate and ridiculous. You know, we you know those of us who who care, those of us who are, who who work at our craft, whether it's in performance or composition or engineering or whatever the case may be. We're out here working our tails off, and the people who don't deserve the recognition are the ones getting it, especially because the, the sometimes pub- sometimes. Yeah. But the public is fueling it. Mm-hmm. You know, the public right. the public yep. wants the, you know young girls want Taylor Swift. You know, the the attraction to the, the Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera types from the late '90s and whatnot. I mean, you know, the, the boy bands. The I mean, I can go on and on and on. So. So actually, I was just telling Sean this. I, I, I didn't read the whole article, so you know. Yeah. Reading's I, hard. I, yeah, no, <laughs> no. I actually like reading. I just didn't. It's hard. No, I can't do it. Yeah, I know. Let me tell you. Um, <laughs> so I don't want to speak too definitively on this, but the um, there was like a study, like just recently, I guess, about what kids wanted. Wanted to be, and and they found that it depends on you know what where you're from. So kids in China, the number one thing they wanted to be was an astronaut. Hmm. That's admirable. Admirable, you know, science, whatever. Furthering technology, yeah. Go to another planet. Yeah. Get Get away from here. (laughs) In the United States, the number one aspiration was to be a YouTuber. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god. So, and that's the thing it's like Ooh. it's just there's this fast there's this fixation on on image, on celebrity. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. cele- exactly. Exactly. Which has really nothing to do with music at the end no, of the day. Right. No. And and you know before I too harshly criticize that um, I I do respect that there is an art to entertainment. Absolutely. You know like and 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 in a, in a you know part of the the cool thing about going to like a bigger uh, artist artist in air quotes is <laughs> is the is like sort of the spectacle of it you yeah, know like right. it, it, it's cool to sometimes I mean look at Lady kind of, Gaga yeah, right yeah. You know, she's a you know, performer she wears a meat dress yeah, you know, yeah. It's fine but no, <laughs> no entertaining is a skill of its own yes yes absolutely but yep. it's not necessarily music <laughs> and oftentimes it's not right so it, it's it's okay i i guess mm-hmm. some, but i but at then you know as a musician at the same time it's frustrating that the the music itself doesn't get as much attention it, it is the spectacle it's a common right theme now. why is music being devalued yeah yep. you know what's funny about that is that as a professional musician myself i find myself feeling like the last thing I want to do for relaxation or anything or entertainment or anything like that is to go to a concert. Mm-hmm. Okay? I don't, you know, it's kind of like I don't want to go to a wedding unless I'm playing the wedding. You know, yeah. I just I just it doesn't right. it, it doesn't make sense to me, you know? Yeah. I don't want to go to the thing where normally I feel like I should be the one on stage, right. you know? Um, and to be honest with you, there are not a lot of musicians or even entertainers that appeal to me. You know, it's almost like, I've, to a degree, I've almost lost the ability to enjoy a ball game. 
from that standpoint, mm-hmm. you know? Because I, 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 could, I could much rather, or it's much easier for me to just watch the game on TV. Like it yeah. is, it's a lot easier for me to pull the song up on my phone and listen to it in the mm-hmm. car than going to see the artist live. Yeah. That all being said, the last concert, in air quotes, that I, that I went to was Steve Martin and Martin Short. Mm-hmm. And was there music? Yes. Was it jazz? No, not really. There's a lot more bluegrass and whatnot. I mean, especially with Martin, the the uh, the banjo player and whatnot. But man, that was a good show. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. entertainment. That was worth every penny. That's that's a show worth going to. Right, but you, you don't know? go to them saying, "I'm going to go here to musicians." I mean, yeah. they play music, but yeah, it's yeah. not like that's right. their thing per exactly. se. You know, exactly. But 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 the that that is that old-fashioned value of entertainment Absolutely. that's lost. Absolutely. You know? They, they literally, for, for half it, just sat around telling stories. Yep. Yeah. Right, you know? Yeah. And we ate it up. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're great. You know? yeah. It's kind of like it's kind of like what we're doing now. Yeah. We're, just, we're just sharing stories. Except yeah. they're both way better at it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, they're better at everything, including arts and crafts. <laughs> you know? But, you know, the, you, you know, you mentioned the aspect of listening to the music on your phone rather than going to a concert in a way that could also be sort of a general commentary on how society views music in general like you could just go on your computer go on spotify and just listen to you know a playlist the concept of an album is gone yeah yeah yeah, you know like you're you're not you're not listening to an album from beginning to end anymore well, you know the the whole thing is again it goes back to that idea of if you have the internet connection you can just put a you know one single up rather than the, the concept of the full album yeah you know well Do but you, singles i mean singles have they have just, a place right i'm not saying that they're necessarily bad yeah but i mean sean and i look at it from you know we think about doing albums every now and then and sometimes if you, if you step back it almost you, know, you almost become like, like defeatist to a certain yeah. degree yeah. You know? yeah. like, what is the point of this yeah. and, and, and i always justify it by saying you know back in the day you would you would do the gigs for the money to you know make the make album, the album yeah. okay to promote the, the album, album. And, yeah. and the album is where you would make your money now it's, it's, the, now other it's the, the other way around you use the album for the publicity to get the gigs, and then the gigs are where you make your money. Yeah. Right. You know? And then for those people who listen to the whole thing, great. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, I was mentioning... What um, if you don't make money from the album or the gigs? You know, I was mentioning, uh, <laughs> Phil, I think you listened to this, the, um, the Richard Harrison um, MacArthur Park yeah. album. Yeah. Um, it was just a whole series of songs and interludes. Yeah. And the idea is that you listen to the album. For, this is like 1968 or something. You listen to the album from beginning to the very end without stopping. And it was an experience, mm-hmm. right? And it, was an, it's, it was an audible experience. It was a, in a, an environment that you were placing yourself into. And I feel like that's sort of become lost. Absolutely. Because now it's just I can't, you know, I can't listen to a song for ten seconds without changing it. Yeah. Not me personally, but I feel like that's how everybody is. Yeah. If you don't. If the bass doesn't drop <laughs> in ten seconds, I'm changing the, the you know, I'm changing the, yeah. changing the, the track. And um, 
it really is, like I said, a commentary on how society views music as more of a utility yep. than anything else. Yep. Less of an art form, more of a utility. If you work for me. Yeah. Right, here we go again. Yep. You're here to provide background Ex ambiance. Yeah. And this, oh, is, and this is exactly say. like Spotify, right? Yep. This is the service that Spotify provides. You pay for a monthly subscription it's a all you can, it's a buffet or it's an, it's an epidemic it is <laughs> and we're getting paid you don't hear those things used right. together very for often every, for every single spin right eat all and, you can get malaria <laughs> no but no but you're, you're making people right now at a buffet getting malaria okay oh, you're sure. so insensitive how dare how you how insensitive that's a song I know. Vice, chair, vice chairperson of vice chairperson with bad sportsmanship not thinking about the malaria ridden buffet goers oh I don't doubt there's all kinds malaria of diseases malaria ridden buffet goers is the title of his upcoming autobiography yeah. <laughs> but Jack you make a good point we get paid I think it's point what is it point zero four cents per play or on Spotify it's on so Spotify yeah. it's, it's not it's you, you don't make money from Spotify how right. are we it's, supposed it's to make exposure. money yeah. it's exposure it is that's what but Spotify is but as you know I mean that's BS well, at every level especially oh, yeah. like uh, the example I always use is Kendrick Lamar his album To Pimp a Butterfly had 44 no 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 9 million clicks within like 3 days uh -huh. and he made $44,000 <laughs> I mean that's probably what it cost to make the album yeah. like yeah. and he's right. at that at level least. like what right. are we yeah. supposed to do right exactly <laughs> yeah. exactly you know in 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 um I guess backtracking a little bit you know going back to the whole image thing um you know we discovered this that one person pretty much writes all the music oh, for right. the all the right. So mm -hmm. Max Martin, Max Martin is is I think he's Swedish. Oh, Swedish, okay. okay. And he writes the <laughs> the music for <laughs> what for for all the for all the pop artists like Katy Perry, Ariana Grande, Justin Bieber. Uh, um, sorry, Justin Bieber. Um, no, but like all those cats. Yeah, uh, I shouldn't even call them cats, but no. all those guys who are sort of mainstream pop. Their music Kittens is written by the same them. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's more like huh? kittens. We call them. Yeah, right. Kittens. Cats. They're cute. Um, but it just goes to show you that you know this guy's cleaning up in the background right and it's it's all the same it's yeah, homogenous exactly it's the same stupid one four five one chord progressions <laughs> that we're hearing over yeah, and over two five ones in every now oh, and some then turnarounds got, okay every now and then you got one flat six flat three flat oh, seven yeah okay absolutely. fine yeah all right but the point you i'm trying to make but now five, wait a minute yeah. but wait a minute wait a minute what about the creativity right where right. does the creativity go if this is looked at as quality music by mainstream audiences, right? Exactly. Creativity, the creative process is eroding. Yeah. Right. And I'm not trying to sound elitist. No. But, no. But where do we go from here? I agree. You know, music's getting simpler. I feel mainstream music. Remember when the Beatles? You know, they right. We, we were all alive then. But <laughs> not, no, but I hate you. <laughs> No, well, no, but so, like, so hold on one second, though. Uh -huh. What's interesting about the Beatles, though, is a lot of their earlier stuff 
was very simple. Mm-hmm. Not particularly interesting, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But what's but they grew, <laughs> but they grew into their later albums were mm-hmm. very complex, very sonically interesting. I think that uh, had more just, to do with the decades, though. Like that, I mean, when they they yeah, started there was also out competition with like the Rolling Stones. Well, like the in the sixties and seventies, you have like full orchestras right. and and all these different instrument combinations. Like the harpsichord came back, you know, like the the kit harpsichord that you'd put together you know it was sort of like a neo-baroque like my, was my first harpsichord yeah right but it doesn't even have to be that extreme like i was just reading about berg backrack and walk on by you know mm-hmm. Dion warwick saying that like it has two pianos on it for some reason he mm-hmm. wanted the sound mm-hmm. of two pianos right it doesn't have to be like outlandish and you yeah. might not even notice it but the fact that someone cared enough to yeah. do that exactly you know? <laughs> it makes Absolutely. you think and ah. it's like and unfortunately that's sort of getting you know pushed to the sideline because you know people these days you know the the general society is you know it's about the image and it's not really necessarily about how you sound well bieber there's a video of him at a concert He's holding the mic like on the floor practically because he's running around the stage, and somehow his voice is coming through the speakers, and people oh, right. don't even oh. care. You know, yeah. they don't even care anymore. I mean, or like those shows like Limps, lip syncing. Why yeah. go shows. see someone live? Yeah. Why? Oh my why, god! Why, why am I gonna watch? Why am I gonna watch someone lip sync? <laughs> yeah. Can it's I see like, someone just actually sing? The, the fakeness. Of it. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah. Do you know how many musical skits on SNL I fast forward through? Like yeah. the overwhelming majority of them, because I know that it's more about the presentation of the image mm-hmm. rather than the art that they're trying to present. You know, unfortunately, I mean, unless it's you know, unless it's a real, true classic entertainer, you know, like a Paul Simon type, mm-hmm. for yeah. example, there is literally no reason to watch these guys. You know, do their thing on something like SNL because it's just there's there's no reason for it. And the sad thing is, a lot of these groups um, that started out as indie groups, you know, maybe they're put into the situation where they have to be appealing to an audience. So their mentality is, well, let me let me you know beef up the image, right. yeah. but. Maybe outside of that scenario, they're actual musicians, mm. and they can play in the studio, and they, you know, or they could go on another gig, and it's a more intimate environment where they can express themselves better. So maybe it's it's not so much what they want to do is what the producers of SNL want. Right. Yeah. Well, look at look at someone like a Kenny G, for example. You know, here's a guy who you you take away. His his popular persona, mm-hmm. okay. This cat is a darn good saxophonist, but unfortunately, because he, for lack of a better term, kind of sold out. Yeah. You know, <laughs> he he was able to become who he was, and he's still. I mean, he, the, the 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 musician in him is still there. Yeah. He still can play yeah. the saxophone incredibly, incredibly well. Oh, he's incredibly talented. But unfortunately. He has gotten this immensely bad rap, and I mean, does he do? He ran with it. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. I'll never forget this. Tying this all back into education and everything, I was asked to adjudicate a middle school jazz festival once, and 
I'll never forget it. It was the same day that in the uh, March Madness basketball tournament, Lehigh knocked off Duke. Oh, right. <laughs> so Lehigh was like a number 15 seed, and Duke was a two seed. And this was I up understand in, none of this. I know, you know. <laughs> and I was up in the Lehigh Valley, so it was, you know, it was everything. People were going nuts. So I'm up there in the in the balcony with my little tape recorder, listening, talking in, giving you know suggestions and whatnot. And one group brings out a Kenny G chart, and I lost it. I just said, "I'm sorry, guys. I I mean I mean mean no disrespect. You're not teaching these kids anything by having them play Kenny G." You know, I would almost. Did they circular breathe for forty-four minutes? No, they no, didn't. No, no. In fact, in fact, they complained. They complained to the director of the entire showcase and said they didn't appreciate me saying that. And I said, "I'm sorry. I just because Kenny G paid them, right? I was just like, I don't. I. That's just me. I would rather hear the, you know, the the ridiculously overplayed, you know, boogie woogie bugle boy mm-hmm. stuff, or even Louie Louie. You know, mm-hmm. things like that to to whatever degree than I would, you know, this stuff that has no, you know, real real value to the to the musical and the, to the jazz artistry community. And and that kinda, you know, goes into the idea of musical selection for the education purposes. You know, if you want if you want our future generations to have an appreciation for music you need to be exposing them to music and properly educating them on why it's important. You can't have a high school jazz band playing pop tunes, mm-hmm. okay? They get enough of that outside of... Exactly. You need a high school you know. jazz band that needs to sit down and play, even if it's reduced versions of Count Basie, Thad Jones, mm-hmm. Duke Ellington, okay? Right. And you so on and so forth. stuff they don't enjoy. Right. <laughs> I know it sounds terrible, but you have that's that's your they job. They make up as irritable because yeah. kids do not like jazz, <laughs> nor should they. <laughs> but that's the point. You have to educate. Them. You have to. You, you're, if you're not exposing them to this, you're you're pandering to them, right, yeah. right. and you're doing them a disservice. And then you're making guys like us they, look like look like the a holes, right. right? You know? No, no. But we work for them, right? Oh, oh, yes. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah, we there work for them. There you know. I've, I've had to say that to a couple of my students on, on a few occasions and say, listen, you, you, with all due respect, you're, learning, you're not learning a lot by playing this arrangement of this Bruno Mars piece. Oh, my God. Bruno you know? Mars? Yes. And listen, Bruno Mars He's pretty talented. is a very talented musician, mm-hmm. okay? Bruno Mars is a, is a reasonably good entertainer and musician, but Bruno Mars is another type of a, of a person who you know, gets pumped up by the image and by society and by the industry and you know this stuff sells just because it's Bruno Mars not because it necessarily has the same content Mm -hmm. and what's funny is that when in that particular scenario the kid brings the piece of music in I had him we sat down and we listened together first to the original and then to the that the sample of that entire arrangement and I said to him you know what I gotta be honest with you the original cut is better than this arrangement. And I, and, and I don't listen to a lot of Bruno Mars. But I can tell you how good of a musician that Bruno Mars is based upon just this original cut. You know? And, then it, and, and that, doesn't, that didn't even scratch the surface of the fact that 
you know, this Bruno Mars song had some reasonably suggestive lyrics. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, they weren't singing the lyrics in this jazz ensemble, but still, the idea that you can, uh, you know, make that connection, you have to start wondering, like, so so it's okay that our minors are being, are doing this, but it's, but we can't expose them Mm -hmm. to real art, you know? I mean, that's kind of like, when you do, you know, we've had a lot of experience in youth theater, you know? And there's a lot of musical theater that is very adult themed, mm-hmm. and you have to wonder like, what? Where do we draw the line with regard to where we're exposing the art to these kids, and when it's just not appropriate? Yeah, you know, like I like my my old high school put on a chorus line at one point, and. For those of you who don't know a thing about that, that's got some really risque songs in yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. I think they even have watered down versions of it without yeah. and they did, some of that music. They did the original version. And I and I said to, really? and I said to some of the parents, you know, who I knew, I said, I gotta ask you, your sixteen year old daughter is in this show singing about these risque things. How does that make you feel as a parent? And you know, he kind of looked at it from the standpoint of, I, I, I've just learned, unfortunately, to accept that this stuff is the reality of life, mm-hmm. and that, and, you know, and and I get that, but at what cost of exposing it to work? Like when they're in college, when they're adults, it's a different story, I think. But uh, the prime example that we experienced, we did Footloose years ago, probably like 2012, which we did Footloose for a children's theater, and it was a great experience. Great show, kids were great, every, everything was great. But there, there was there was one song in that show, "The Girl Gets Around," who and and that and and obviously it's a, it's a suggestive song. Right, the title is okay. suggestive. The lyrics are in it are very suggestive, and I I literally said to everyone, I said, "Listen, I, I'll be the first to admit I'm as immature as the next person." Okay, I'm a rated M uh, for immature. immature. I'm a very dirty jazz musician, okay? We say and we say things that are messed up. But even I'm smart enough to realize that this charitable community children's group may not it may not be the best place to have kids singing this stuff. Yeah. I don't care that the kids deserve their chance to, to shine in the spotlight. Not I have the motor. You have the key. Exactly. You have a problem with that? Uh, I have a. I have a problem with that. <laughs> Me, Mister Mister Inappropriate, has yeah. a problem. Yeah. I have a problem with a fourteen-year-old girl singing that. Yeah. You know. No, I, it's weird. It's, yeah. If it's if it's a nineteen-year-old girl, she can make her own decisions. Right. Right. Okay. But but I I, I would not want my fourteen-year-old daughters. There are plenty of other shows that you can choose. To put on, right? That also right. can change yeah. a line. You, exactly, you can remove you got, a line here right. or there. I think this also kind of bridges the gap from the business end of it to the cultural end of it. Yeah, you know, you, you you do you look at the artist and their art, and do you separate them? Like for example, everything that happened with Michael Jackson. Mm. You know, with with all the stories in Neverland and everything that came out. With regard to that, talking about an abusive celebrity, Oof. but but his music 
was really good. Yeah, what are we going to... What do you do? Are you going to stop listening to Thriller? You're going to stop... <laughs> right. Are you going to stop listening to his music just because of the kind of person he was? Or are you going to you're going to look at his music the way it was meant to That's be looked at one. as art? Yeah. Yeah. So do you separate the artist from the art? Yeah. Um, which is, I guess, more of a philosophical question. But it really can divide a community. Um, it's true. You know, it's just, I think it's something that should be discussed. What do you guys think about that? I, I definitely, well, the first thing I would say is you guys have credit cards on you. <laughs> yeah, let me just, uh, let me just. Uh, and then the second thing I would I'm gonna say. I'm going to say my credit card number over okay. the. Uh, and then the second thing I'm going to say is, could you repeat all of that? Because I wasn't yeah. listening. <laughs> so I was talking about Michael Jackson. Don't forget okay. the, don't and forget Neverland. The right. And the, the idea that you separate the artist from the art. That's a good question, I think, because um, I think in a, I think in a uh, in a vacuum you might be able to, but in our society that's tough. That's like saying, can we separate the, um, the, the 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 wealth of good that the church has done, even though it's full of scandal? Mm. You know, mm -hmm. um, we we unfortunately live in a time where when you when you have one blemish on your on your record, you're done. Yeah. No one forgives and forgets anything. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, look look at look at any athlete who's busted for steroids. Yeah. I mean, Barry Bonds. The argument is that even before he was juicing, he was a Hall of Famer. But he, he does that he does that one thing, and now he's he's now and and again. I, I'm not going to defend Barry Bonds here, okay? Because I think that kind of the punishment is deserved. But look at uh, look at A Rod, look at Robbie Cano, look at anyone who was bust, who, who was a potential the Mitchell Hall of Report, Famer. exactly. Right? You know, Roger Clemens, Andy Pettit, and you go right on down the list. I look at that. anyone who was a great athlete who was busted for one thing, and they're never and the same. They're destroyed. Exactly, yeah. and it doesn't even have to be on the field. It can yeah. be, you know, caught with prostitute. It can be drug use. Yeah. It can be, you know, our, you know, whatever our feeling is about it. Because maybe we have the ability to see past that and see and, and forgive and forget. Look at the body of work. All of these different things. Put it in context. The general public looks for blood. Well, you know, think about it. Maybe the fact that people are so obsessed with image, it also works the other way. Exactly. Right? You know, yeah. they're, they're, they. They don't want to necessarily be associated with liking someone who was, I don't know, with prostitutes. But meanwhile, no one's perfect. What, well, so right. Of course. <laughs> of course. I mean, I, I can I can think of uh, numerous examples where, you know, in my professional life, you know, a person gets into trouble, and professionally, I have to distance myself from that person. Mm -hmm. But personally, I know that person needs me right now. Right. Yeah. You know, and and. It's not easy because yeah. how do you how do you say to that person like you know listen I can't be I can't be seen with you in public but I can come over to your house and and, and be with you you know yeah. so, so whatever mm -hmm. that is that's that's a tough thing that's painful that's painful that's very painful because yeah. you know you can't you can't risk sacrificing your career because you know that people don't get right. it yeah we're right. supposed yeah. to forgive and forget I guess uh, it seems to me though that the 
involvement with the workplace kind of matters. Like, this probably is going off topic, but like, Me Too, that, you know, mm-hmm. reckoning that we had for a little while, we're still in it, I guess, you know. Charlie Rose was one of those people. Mm-hmm. I loved that show. Yeah. It was like one of the sh- only shows where it, all it was was an interview. You learned yeah. something, you know? Mm-hmm. Sure. But that guy, he was abusing his power on the set, you know? Like, it was not just in his spare time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's bad enough, but like, he was basically grooming producers that he ended up abusing. Like, yeah, and that, where to, is to me, is the kind of where I draw the line. I guess that like, if it's involving your profession, then I think that's a problem. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas, like Miles Davis, you know, was he beat his wives. I don't admire him as a husband. I admire him as a musician. You know? Right. And there's good, but there's going to be people out there. Oh, I know. Who obviously can't separate that. Mm-hmm. And you know, at some point, I guess maybe we shouldn't because like. Michael Jackson should have gone to jail. Right. <laughs> like, I mean, right. you know? I mean, oh, yeah, absolutely. I'll give, I'll give you, Bill Cosby I mean, should right. be in jail. He mm-hmm. is, you well, know? Like, I'll, 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 I'll bring it back to sports for sportsmanship. You know how many athletes have lost my admiration because of things like ejections or, 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 or just some of the things? You know, like, you real, it's, a, it's a real cold wake-up call. When you when you have to take these people off of pedestals, mm-hmm. you know, and and you realize that we're all in the, we're all human beings. But that's the lesson in itself. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's you know the the lesson in sportsmanship here is more about we're all in this game together, you know. And as musicians, whether it's we're in this game together as working musicians, you know, gigging musicians, teachers, uh, writers, composers. Uh, engineers, whatever, or if we're talking about, um, you know, whether or not to admire someone for for their artistry, it, it really behooves all of us, whether we're in the industry or we're outsiders, to take a step back and 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 put yourself in that person's shoes. You know, I think with a lot of these situations, like the Michael Jackson situation, all that kind of stuff, maybe it takes a different angle because maybe you, you, you put yourself in that person's shoes and you say was this person, and we'll never know the answer to these questions, but was this person genuinely sick or was this person genuinely evil or you know what, what, what was going on here well I um, think you can always look at environmental factors and you know you could say he was abused as a child he was right. like a child star or whatever you know like yeah. his father made him do it like right. that, that probably messed him up but like there still has to be some accountability we agree sure. as a society like you know Right. It's very complicated. It is. It Again, is complicated. I'm not going to stop listening mm-hmm. to Thriller. No, 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 <laughs> you have no, to settle no. this. I love Billy James. Yeah. <laughs> Don't make me not listen to Billy James. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow you around. And every time Billy Jean comes on, I, I'm, you are going to experience a new definition of pain. Okay? That's, that's, all, that's all I'm going to put. Yeah. President of the OSA Foundation, everyone. <laughs> You are going to experience mm-hmm. a new level of pain. You know, when you think about it, there's a parallel between that Solomon account and Michael Jackson. Because didn't Michael Jackson hold the baby upside down? He's very equitable. Can we top any of that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, is that the high point? I think that is. Is that where we all go? Be... Good night, everybody. I think so. Oh, I'm out. <laughs> we listen. We, how long were, were we doing this? Tonight? Yeah. Uh, we're on two hours. Oh, this might be two episodes. You can split, the, there are four cards in there, split it four ways. Oh. Thank you. No, 
just about two hours, um, maybe more. I think I it's don't know. more. Yeah. I mean, we we covered so damn much. <laughs> yeah. In 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 this short a time. And I feel like we're not even done. No. Really. Yeah. I mean, because especially because, that last topic, there's yeah. a lot there. Yeah. yeah. You know? <laughs> and 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 all of this can revert revert back to sportsmanship. All every single one of mm-hmm. these subtopics reverts back to sportsmanship. And remember, sportsmanship does not pertain specifically to to an arena where there's competition. And, and granted, there is some competition in different ways in this industry. Um, but, you know, it's, it's just under a different artistic light. And all of us have to apply the same general principles of sportsmanship in understanding that we're all in this game of life together and that we need to treat other people as we would wish to be treated. And, and, and when we do that, I think that we begin to see these things in different lights. We'll begin to see that we can't take our music teachers for granted. We right. begin to see that music is not this just given commodity that we can use and abuse. We'll begin to see that our, our artists need to be properly compensated for their art, for their product. You know, we'll begin to see that, you know, we need to just value music more in, a commu- in, our, in our society, in, in each individual community. And I think we'll also be able to then look at our artists in new lights and, and, and maybe begin to forgive and forget. Not necessarily for the purposes of, uh, uh, of just, you know, forgiving all sins from in the public eye. I don't think that we can ever, you know, look past the fact that for all intents and purposes, Michael Jackson did some bad stuff, mm-hmm. okay? But, like you said, Sean, the music that he produced was quality, and and we don't want to stop listening to that because of that. You know, you know what that's kind of like to bring it back to sports. It's like the NFL. I think that, and at least I, I feel this way. I think you you feel this way to a, a certain degree as well. The sport of football is a beautiful sport. It, it, it is this chess match that's not like the chess match of baseball. But it's a dance. It's like a ballet. It is so complex and so strategic that to to absorb it is to watch a thing of beauty. That being said, it is the epitome of our modern-day version, in my opinion, of just putting our gladiators in the lion pit and watching them fight to the death. We are literally killing these men for our entertainment based upon the amount of trauma that their heads and their bodies endure over this type of a product. And for me, I unfortunately have gone the way of saying, I can't watch this. I can't justify watching this because of that. I think because it's continuously happening. Yeah. You know, it's not just that. one act It's not like that was perpetrated. Where Every now and then, a ball might hit a guy in the head. You mm-hmm. know, there might be a serious injury from time to time. The sport right. itself is not what's going to kill people. Right, it's going right. to be the, the egregious error that's going to kill people. Whereas with football, the way it is now, that blunt trauma on every single mm-hmm. play to the head is what destroys these lives. Right. And yeah. we, and we as a society, eat it up. We want that violence. Yeah. You know, we were just talking about it earlier today. How. You see the car crash on the road, and everyone's got to stop and look at it. No. I gonna, hate that. You're not going to help. Just want to just want to beep and 
any Go. services. You know, you just want you know, but but man, do people want to see that yeah. stuff? I, I don't want to. Thank you. I, I know we probably don't have time to get into this, but going off of what you're saying about this this sort of obsession with kind of the trauma of it and everything, I I just finished listening to an audiobook. Um, I forget the I forget the uh, author of it, but it it was called On Killing the Psychology of Killing in America or something like that, and it was real it was really fascinating because there is there is this obsession with with killing that our society has and the the, the thing he was comparing it to was you know earlier in, in, in our history like the except the like sex sex was actually like not a it was it was just a natural part of life. Like people understood it, you mm -hmm. know. But you know, then then it became sort of more taboo, like in the Victorian era, era and stuff. And um, kind of the same thing with with that um, with uh, violence, I mm -hmm. guess. Like you know, I mean, games nowadays are are so much more graphic in what they portray. Yeah. Um, Yet our un an our ancestors hunted, right? And that yes, was just but it, but it was for a normal purpose. Yeah, it, it was actually for, for subsistence. It wasn't gratuitous. Yeah, yeah. 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 Right. Um, and we do the same thing, like you said, with sex these days too. Mm -hmm. Is that much like how we're all, we 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 let the violence be what it is in in the media today? We do the same thing with sex. I mean, the fact that the sixteen-year-olds are allowed to sing these songs, right. the fact that we basically sure. just let these girls, you know you know say do whatever you know publicly i mean i mean we've we've all been you know walking down the street and, and seeing you know some of, the, some of the way that people are dressing these days and i know that that you know is something that some of us like i'm looking right at none of us <laughs> but i mean the point being that the society has really loosened up on that and i think that we come from that that middle generation where it was like wait a second when we were kids that wasn't cool. Yeah. yeah, you know, we didn't, we didn't, sex and violence and and whatnot. Was, well, and that maybe there's not just a nostalgia element right. involved. That maybe there's some quality that's being lost. You know, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah you're, it, but, we're oversaturating the market to yeah, a degree. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. right. This could be a very long topic. Yeah, yeah. We're man. We should do another one. Listen. We should, oh, we should yeah, absolutely, absolutely do another. As long, listen, as long as we can spin it all back to sportsmanship, yeah. and I think we can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think the important thing about tonight is that. Whether this is one episode or two episodes, is that or three or three, or four. whatever it is, is that with all of the stuff that we've discussed tonight, we did you just do the count it's from from Sesame Street? Yeah. Four. Ah, ah, no. ah, okay. How many times? Yeah. Must I expect? But I think that no matter no matter what we how how we discuss this, we bring it back to that. Like I said, you know, this is all about the idea of learning how to treat other people. Uh -huh. This is all about the idea of we're in this game together. And, and we all have to take a step back and see everything that we do and experience for what it is. It's not life and death. You know, we, 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 I know I've said this before, we need to treat each other the way that we would want to be treated. That's sportsmanship. Well, and it, that is such a, you know, when you say sportsmanship, it's like it sounds, you know, I, 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 I anyway think of just a very narrow definition of it, but it is such a broadly applicable 
concept. Exactly. <laughs> Just as it's a life skill. Basically. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It is. It is. It is. It, I mean, it comes off as the uh, athletic version of respect. Uh -huh, yeah. And when in reality, we can see sportsmanship apply to so many things. I mean, you read the back of our one sheet, you know, when you say it's not just about sports with physical dexterity, okay? Sportsmanship is involved in anything. Customizable card games. Customizable card games, chess, pool, billiards, whatever, even politics, you know? I mean, all of these things, it's just about how you treat people. You can be different, okay? As long as you treat others the right way. There's nothing wrong with that. So I think I think we've all been on our soapbox long enough. Yeah. So it's about time that I think we wrap this bad boy up for tonight. Yeah. And for tonight. For tonight, because this this topic is ongoing. Oh yeah. And uh, and and we we could spend hours here, but but let's stop now before before crimes are committed. Exactly. And and we order more beer and mm -hmm. you know I fall asleep. So I have to go pee pee again. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Rated M. M for immature. <laughs> I feel I feel like that's gotta be in the description of, of this. We've only thing. said it like twelve times. Yes. Only twelve. <laughs> only twelve. Um, all right, let me start. Thank you, Phil. You're welcome. And, thank you. Thank and thank you, Sean Goff. Thank you. And Sean Ryan, thank you as always for contributing and for being our producer engineer. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, we, we, we know, this stuff is not easy to do. Well, with, with some help from Phil well, this time. Phil did help well, us yeah. with this, and, and then he also helped compose the theme song with you and whatnot. We are co-creators yes. of Soundspring Studio. That you are. LLP. LLP. If you don't say the LLP, you're not saying it right. If no. you don't say it right, you don't say it at all. Right. For Charles limited liability, that means we're not liable for anything. For anything. <laughs> <laughs> no. Can't, can't. Miss me with that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, guys, well, again, thank you. This was great. We're going to do this again. Yep. Um, everybody out there, thank you for joining us for the umpteenth time. Yes, and thank I'm, you, listeners. Yes, yes. You're very patient. Yes, and it's a different it's a different type of episode too. Yeah, it's a very special episode of right. how you play the game. It's like that. It's like a Seinfeld episode where the guys have the drug intervention. Yeah. yeah. Why do my fingers look like little people? <laughs> uh, I better on stop. That on that note, <laughs> on that note, everybody out there, thank you once again. Uh, just a quick plug, as always. Remember, you can find us at osipfoundation.org. You can always email the show at podcast at osipfoundation.org. We're all over social media, facebook.com slash osipfoundation, Twitter and Instagram, both at osipfoundation. Get in touch with us. Keep the conversation going, okay? Submit your stories of sportsmanship. Okay? You know, we, we need to hear from you. We need to know that what's going on is, is good work. So, so it's up to you, as, as the NFHS says about sportsmanship. It's up to you. So until then, until the next time, everybody out there, treat each other with respect. How You Play the Game is a production of the OSIP Foundation, Incorporated. The producer-engineer of this episode is Sean Ryan. Music by SoundSpring Studio. The executive producer of How You Play the Game is Jack Furlong. For more information, visit osipfoundation.org. <laughs>